You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation, and welcome back to Locked On Saints, the daily podcast covering your New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can hear the local experts on the biggest stories. And this is your grateful host, Ross Jackson. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC, and that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, where you can find my as well as other talented writers articles, and podcasts, a one-stop shop for all of your up-to-the-minute Saints news, opinions, and analysis. The Saints have a day off today, so I'm going to let you know about everything that happened in training camp yesterday, and then we're going to talk about some 2018 Saints predictions. Now, I'm not talking about record predictions. I mean, season predictions. I'm talking about uh, who's going to break records, who's going to set personal bests, who's going to break out, who's going to be a sleeper, who's going to surprise you. That's what we're talking about in our first segment today. And then we're jumping into our usual Tuesday segment, NFC South Power Rankings. Today, we're talking about the defense. Who's got the best defense on the NFC South? I'll tell you who and why. And then to close it all out, we're going to take a look at the biggest headlines from around the league. And I'm going to tell you about a rookie quarterback who didn't really get a chance to shine at all in his first preseason game, who's going to get some extra playing time in the second preseason game. And I'll tell you why that's important to you as a Saints fan. All that and a little bit of lanyap here at Locked on Saints. All right, y'all. So let me clarify what I was saying earlier when I was talking about these 2018 season predictions. What I'm not here to do is tell you what the win-loss predictions are going to be. I can't tell you about that yet because I don't know what the roster is. Once I know what the roster is, I'll bring that to you. But until then, I'm not jumping to crazy conclusions, at least those kinds of crazy conclusions. However, here are the crazy conclusions that I am willing to jump to. Uh, This one's actually not that crazy, but Drew Brees is going to break the record for most passing yardage in in, in a career. That's going to happen, and that will happen by week seven. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's going to happen by week seven or within week seven, that uh, that Ravens game after the bye week. That's when Drew Brees will set the record for most career passing yardage. That's what I'm looking forward to. All right. So that's number one. That's prediction number one. That one's not so crazy. I'm, I'm gonna, I, got, I got five of these for you and I kind of layered them a little bit. It's called scaffolding. It's a teaching technique. Number two, uh, Cam Jordan will repeat with plus 10 sacks. I think he's going to be in a double-digit sack range. Again, he's got somebody opposite him uh, now with Marcus Davenport, or at least the potential of Marcus Davenport, to help lessen some of those double teams. Uh, Even if it's Alex Okafor over there, he is a formidable pass rusher. He was playing his best ball before his injury last season. Sheldon Rankins is going to come on. Tyler Davidson is going to come on. Uh, David, uh, David Onyemata is playing super well so far in preseason and through training camp, so he's going to come on. It, the the defensive line is stacked, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But all of that is also is going to continue to ensure the success of Cameron Jordan because he he's going to do his thing, and now he's got people that are going to all uh, that are going to be distractions for him and get him an opportunity to win some one on ones on some speed bump McGee type stuff. Number three. Michael Thomas will surpass Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. for the wide receiver with the most receptions in their first three years. As of right now, that record sits at 288 receptions. And I think 
Michael Thomas, who currently sits with 196 receptions in his first two seasons, only needs 92 receptions to tie 90, uh, 93 to break the record. And I think he will do it. Uh, Michael Thomas had 92 receptions in his first year and then 104 in his second year. So it is well within the realm of possibility. I know that the Saints have more firepower on the offense this year, but I think that that's actually going to serve to open up the field for Michael Thomas, particularly the middle of the field, because linebackers are going to have to be worried about Alvin Kamara, and now they're also going to have to be worried about Traquan Smith on underneath routes, as well as Cameron Meredith in the middle of the field as well. So I think that that's really going to open up some space for Michael Thomas to get in and really eat. Number four, Demario Davis, the newly signed linebacker from the New York Jets, has gone over 100 tackles three times in his career, all three times while with the Jets, almost did it once in 2016 with the Browns, will go for over 100 tackles this season with the Saints, which will put him in one of the top five spots for most tackles by a linebacker in franchise history. So I think that he will find his way into the top five in terms of franchise uh, leaders and tackles by a linebacker in a single season for the Saints. And finally, my last and absolutely most preposterous prediction of 2018 I don't call this in a prediction I call this this is kind of a hot take more than anything else something that I would I would love to see happen uh, as much as I love Joe Horn uh, I I I think it is possible he will exceed Joe Horn's receiving yards record franchise record for the Saints which is currently sitting at 1,399 so that would be a 1,400 yard receiving year it's possible 1,400 yard receiving years happen more often than you think because of the fact that this is a passing league now and with Drew Brees under center and with Michael Thomas having so many other distractions on the field for the defense I think it's absolutely possible he would even with 100 receptions this year he would have to average more receiving yards than he has in his first two years 2016 he averaged 12.4 2017 he averaged 12 he'd have to average over 13 and a half this season so he'd have to average another yard and a half so it might not really fit into the game plan, but if it's something that happens, I'm just saying I would not be surprised about it at all. All right, those are my, my predictions. They went from, from not so crazy at all and completely expected to uh, a, a little crazy, Ross. Please sit down and uh, take, take many seats. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you never know. 2018 season has already proven to be wild. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple of real quick training camp updates. Uh, Cameron Meredith, uh, Marcus Davenport still not practicing as of Monday. As of yesterday, they're going into their day off today. But all indications seem to sound like they are doing just fine. I mean, Sean Payton referenced them as players that are coming along very well. So uh, Cameron Meredith in particular sounds like he's going to be coming back very soon. You've heard me say it over and over again. Keep him, keep him on ice for as long as you need to. Um, Benjamin Watson returned to practice and caught two touchdowns. So that's pretty dope. He has essentially solidified himself as a number one tight end option, which should not be a surprise to anyone at all. Uh, Nick Underhill asked... Secondary coach Aaron Glenn about rookie Natrell Jamerson, who is now playing cornerback for the Saints and is also getting a shot at kick return. I told y'all that would happen. Uh, well, not y'all. I have said that that would happen. Uh, all that Aaron Glenn said was look out for him. So I'm mad happy about that. He also broke up a pass uh, yesterday along with Arthur Millette and Justin Hardy. They also broke up passes on Monday. So they will see some extended playing time throughout 
the rest of practice leading at, you know, after today, after today's day off, and then also see some extra reps on Thursday. Quarterback battle, back of quarterback battle is still too tough to call at the moment because both players are so different. So it's going to come down to game time. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, that does it for my crazy predictions and my uh, training camp update for you going into this Tuesday day off. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about the best defense in the NFC South. I'll tell you who it is and why. And I'm also going to tell you about our rookie quarterback that is getting some extra playing time uh, in the second preseason game and why that matters to you as a Saints fan. Locked on NFL has become locked on NFL of experts. Matt Williamson hosts Locked on NFL, and he has a brand new lineup. Every Monday will be Locked on's local experts on the biggest stories. Then Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus will join every Wednesday, and ESPN's amazing Mike Sando joins on Thursday. Be sure to follow Locked on NFL on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts to get this amazing content. The Hall of Fame game between the Bears and the Ravens is in the books, and that means that the start of the NFL regular season is right around the corner this season. Don't sit around watching the Saints from home when you can be at the Superdome in person cheering your heads off. Thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Saints listeners 10% off of their first ticket orders when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. All one word, that's Locked On. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. Vivid Seats offers great prices on NFL games and all live events. And of course, confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Saints kick off their home schedule in the preseason against the Arizona Cardinals on Friday, August 17th. That's just a little while away, y'all. And you can be there for all the excitement. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10% off of your first order. The offseason's over, y'all. The NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. Yo, yo, so uh, we are back, and make sure that you hang out, stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be talking about the biggest headlines from around the league, and I'm going to tell you why one of the top drafted players in the NFL draft of 2018 is going to be getting some extra playing time and why that matters to you. But for right now, we're going into the NFC South Power Rankings, and we are looking at the defensive position groups. Let's get it. All right, so I went ahead and I uh, sort of culled this one down to just three position groups this time. So I'm looking at defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. And I'm really looking at projected starters as we understand them. I'm not thinking about depth. I'll let you know when depth makes a difference, but I'm not factoring it into the scoring. So I'm doing the same thing that I did last time. I'm taking all four teams by all three of those units, and I'm ranking them number one through number four. Uh, number one gets four points, number two gets three points, number three gets two points, and then number four gets one point. We add all of those up, and then whoever has the most, the highest point total at the end, that's who I'm going with as the, that's where I'm starting my positional power rankings, and then throughout the season, I will move them around along with the team power rankings. So to get started, we're starting in the trenches at the defensive line. I've actually got the Panthers number one for this one. Julius Peppers, uh, the recently drafted Marquise Haynes, Mario Addison, the recently signed Don Terry Poe, and Kawan Short, both manning the interior there. I, I think that's just, that's an outstanding defensive line. Marquise Haynes has to either 
I mean, he's either got to come on or, or, or not, right? So, I mean, he might not be as much of a factor as I think he is, but he might be. So, uh, but even without them, Julius Peppers, Mario Addison, Don Terry Poe, and Kawan Short, that's that's nothing to pretend. Like, I'm not going to pretend like that's not a damn good defensive line. So I've got them at number one. I've got us at number two. I've got the Saints at number two, Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, David Onyemata, and then I've got Alex Okafor and Marcus Davenport sort of split. So that get, puts us in the number two position. I hesitated a little bit with this one. I had to really check myself and see if this was biased, but I think all in all, as a defensive line, four quality starters, potentially five quality starters there, really six if you factor in Tyler Davison. So, but like I said, I'm trying not to think about depth too much. So, but really four strong, four or five strong commanding uh, starters there. So I got them at number three. Uh, or us at number two. Uh, I've got the Falcons at number three with Tack McKinley, Grady Jarrett, and then the recently drafted Deadrian Sanat, who I think is going to be a bigger addition than people are really. No one's talking about it very much. I mean, the Falcons are as well; they should be, and and their media are as well; they should be. But Deadrian Sanat's going to be a big deal. He's going to end up being a Don Terry Poe person. He was somebody that I really wanted us to go after in the draft out of uh, University of Southern Florida. Amazing story. Make sure y'all look him up. So I've got them at number three, uh, just because really it's it, it's three quality starters because Vic Beasley sort of uh, doubles into there, but he's really an outside linebacker. So I've got him factored into the linebacker conversation. And so it, it, this one was a little tricky, but I've got them at number three for right now. So that's two points for them. And then I've got the Bucks at the bottom here. The recent signing of uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is great. Um, Noah Spence needs to put up or shut up. And then uh, Gerald McCoy in the middle, always a beast. But the injury to Vita Vea really hurts them. They could have moved up to this third, potentially even second spot, depending on how Vita Vea would have done during the training camps and preseason. But of course, they've lost him now uh, for his rookie season. So that gives us Panthers number one, Saints number two, Falcons number three, Bucks numero so then we can move forward to linebackers here. I've got the Falcons number one here. This one was easy. I mean, Vic Beasley, Deion Jones, uh, and Devondre Campbell. Just Deion Jones and Vic Beasley, it, it, that, that's that's enough. The the Falcons and Bucks are actually the two teams that have, two teams out of this division that have two hyper-quality starters on their linebacking core as opposed to like one good one and then two that need to prove themselves and stuff like that. So I've got I've got them number one, number two, but I've got the Falcons number one because Deion Jones just puts them over the top. Uh, Bucks at number two here. Quan Alexander, uh, Levante, David. The addition of Jack Cicci might be really good for them if he can stay healthy um, as well. And then I've got the Panthers number three here. Uh, Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, Thomas Davis. It's really Luke Keekley that puts them up there because that's really their, their number one. Uh, Shaq Thompson needs to work on his tackling. Thomas Davis is, is still very effective, but he's, uh, you know, he's aging. Um, and so then I've got the Saints here and last place for right now, because it's just an unproven, it's just an unproven linebacking core. Uh, they've been, they looked really good. They've looked really good through training camp, don't get me wrong, and I would love to put them higher than this, but as of right now, they're unproven. So I'm starting them here in terms of power rankings at the bottom spot among the linebackers, and then hopefully they'll move up. I mean, Demario Davis, I like I said earlier, I think he's going to have a huge year with us right away. Um, Alex Anzalone and uh, AJ Klein uh, are the other two, so I, I've got them rated at number four right now. But this is where, if I was factoring depth, depth would have made a huge difference because then you're talking about. Also, Manti Teo, then you're talking about Craig Robertson, then you're talking about uh, Nate Stupar. And so you've got some very good quality depth players 
for the linebackers here in New Orleans, so that would have made a difference, but I'm leaving depth out. So for right now, that is uh, Falcons number one, Bucks number two, Saints, I'm sorry, uh, Panthers number three, and then Saints number four in terms of linebackers. And then for the secondary, I've got us number one here. Uh, I, I, this one's tough because like it, the Falcons do have a very good secondary, but we our secondary right now is better. Lattimore, Crawley, Robinson, Marcus Williams, Kurt Coleman, Slash, uh, Von Bell. Uh, we just have better quality players here. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore was outstanding last year. King Crawley is, is continuing to improve. Patrick Robinson was one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league last year. And then Marcus Williams was one of the best rookie safeties. He's going to be one of the best safeties altogether this year. Um, Kurt Coleman, uh, veteran leadership. It's just all the pieces are there. So it's just a more complete unit. Uh, for the Falcons, Marcus Trufant, uh, Robert Alford, uh, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal. It's a very good group, very good group. Uh, but I've got them at number two here. Uh, for the Panthers at number three, uh, it's really the the addition of Dante Jackson at LSU that helps them out here because otherwise you're looking at Bradbury, uh, Janora Searcy, and Mike Adams, which aren't great. But I think Dante Jackson is going to be really helpful for them uh, moving through 2018. And then for the Bucks, I've got them last with Brent Grimes, Chris Conti, uh, and Justin Evans. They signed Devontae Harris after the loss of Vernon Hargreaves. They've all, um, and they've also signed or drafted uh, MJ Stewart out of North Carolina, who was just really inconsistent and had terrible character issues. Uh, and then Devontae Harris uh, is Devontae Harris. So I hope he does better over there. But I just, I mean, Brent Grimes is the best player there, and Brent Grimes is really good. But again, he's aging. Um, Chris Conti and Justin Evans are pretty much your standard sort of run-of-the-mill safeties. I don't want to say run-of-the-mill safeties because they do play in the NFL. <laughs> don't get me wrong, uh, but in terms of your NFL safety, they're you know they're no they're no Marcus Williams uh, in this situation. They're no Ricardo Allen or Keanu Neal. You know, so I've got uh, the Bucks down there. So that's Saints one, Falcons two, Panthers three, Bucks four, uh, and so all told with point totals collected. Uh, it's Falcons with number one in terms of total defensive points with nine. Uh, Saints and Panthers actually tied at two uh, with eight. And then that would put the Bucks in last place with five. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, Falcons having starting off this season, uh, very close race with the best def- defense in the NFC South. Saints and Packers, I'm sorry, Saints and Panthers tied for second. And then the Bucks bringing up the rear uh, with the fourth spot. So those are my NFL or NFC South power rankings for the defensive positions. Holler at me. Let me know what you think. Uh, stick around because once we come back, we're going to be looking at the biggest storylines from around the league. And I'm going to tell you about a rookie quarterback that is going to be on your mind going into the next preseason game for the Saints. Stick around. Locked on NFL Draft, the incredible daily NFL Draft podcast has a new friend on the network. Draft Dudes is now a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs bring you their draft takes every day now on Draft Dudes. Follow on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts to get another NFL Draft podcast. All right, everybody, it is time to talk through the biggest news from around the league. I got three stories for you today. I'm going to start off over in the NFC East. Saquon Barkley today, after catching a deep pass down the sideline during practice, walked off the field, quote-unquote, gingerly. And he then had a wrap around his leg for the remainder of practice, but it seems that everything is fine. It looks like he avoided a serious injury. 
uh, and has a mild uh, strain. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we already lost Darius Geis at the beginning of this year during um, during the first preseason game, and then now during training camp, we're having some trouble. Saquon Barkley's having some trouble with his legs. Look, it, it, it's a mild strain, and I hope that they keep him out for the uh, Lions game on Friday. There, there's there's no reason to play him. I mean, you saw everything that you needed to see last week as they played uh, the Browns in the first preseason game when he busted like a 20-something yard run on his first carry. But uh, you got everything you need. So I hope that they keep him on ice. But this is definitely something to keep a keep an eye on, particularly if you're a uh, dynasty fantasy owner or a daily fantasy owner. Keep an eye on uh, Saquon Barkley and his leg as we move forward throughout preseason. Uh, before we talk about the one rookie quarterback that I was really looking forward to talking about or that I am really looking forward to talking about, I want to talk about Swag Kelly up in Denver, who has apparently jumped Paxton Lynch on the depth chart for the second uh, string quarterback. Of course, the, the starting job is owned by Case Keenum, former uh, Vikings uh, quarterback. I, I don't know if you remember him. I don't uh, I don't remember him. Uh, but Chad Kelly coming out of Ole Miss. This is now his uh, his rookie year. Um, you know, he's got he's got uh, an interesting throwing motion. But I mean, he played he playing outplayed. Uh, Paxton Lynch. This was somebody, this uh, Chad Kelly was somebody that I was kind of hoping that we would look at and probably did look at uh, during the undrafted free agency period. But it looks like now he has, he or at least is very close to sealing the deal as the uh, number two quarterback over there. Uh, and that has just as much to do with his success and Paxton and uh, as much as it has to do with Paxton Lynch sort of uh, treading water or at least fighting to stay afloat. And last, Cardinals quarterback Josh Rosen is said to be taking some first-team snaps on his next preseason game up against the Saints on Friday. I think it's very possible that I might have said Thursday earlier. My bad. Uh, So on Friday, uh, Josh Rosen is going to get some additional snaps with the first team while he's playing at the Superdome against our very own New Orleans Saints. Now, here's the deal. When he played on Thursday, he didn't really get the opportunity to show anybody what he had because his offensive line was not present. They were not present at all. They were wet paper bags, uh, and he got pummeled and chased all around the field uh, throughout that game. The thing about that is that the Saints put the, according to Pro Football Focus, the Saints put out the number one pass rush in preseason week one that had a lot to do with J. Ron Elliott and Devara Lawrence and their effectiveness their two sacks J. Ron Elliott's uh, two fun- forced fumbles all of that so that was all sort of second you know second half late game stuff but they put out the number one pass rush in the league on preseason week one and if Arizona is going to put out that offensive line I would suggest waiting a week before you give Josh Rosen first team snaps but you know what Bring him on. We'll be ready for him. Can't wait to meet him. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's why this is important to you. Josh Rosen is going to get first team snaps against the New Orleans Saints on Friday. So definitely keep an eye on that. That will be something to watch. All right, y'all. As always, I appreciate y'all coming through and spending time with me here at Locked on Saints. Make sure that you come through tomorrow. We're going to be looking at the top offensive and defensive performers during the Jacksonville Jaguars game. And I'm going to tell you a couple of players to keep an eye on when the Cardinals come to town on Friday. And then we're going to wrap it all up. 
by taking a look at some news from around the league. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. This has been your host, Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC, wherever you find your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you always know when the newest episode hits the airwaves Monday through Friday. I'm here and I can't wait to share some more with y'all. Thank you so much for being here and trust who that nation. I'll holla at you.